I guess, tell us what you're doing with She Roars and then on a personal, like what your day-to-day business looks like. And because I think it's different than when I worked for you. Yeah, man. So I've, I've been up to a lot of new things. Um, I, you know, I'm still running Polis, but it is, I'm switching really more to building uh, Sheverse, which is a community of contagiously fearless women who want to build their business and life with God. And so I help train them and equip them to roar, which has been amazing to watch women come alive, kind of like you, right? It's like getting kind of getting that background and that education to really feel powerful to do what you know you were designed and assigned from God to do. So uh, that's the heart of She Roars. And so I have training programs and I have a community of women who are coming alongside and going for it in big ways. I have women who are starting crazy, awesome businesses. I mean, one of my girls right now is, is getting investor funding to start. Yeah. To get a uh, co-working space with children and childcare, which isn't really been done before because a lot of people, you know, it's easy money to just start a co-working space but to actually care enough to go through the legal side of having children and all that stuff and the liability, like nobody wants to do it. So she's like, you know what? I care. I'm going to do it. So pretty exciting. That's incredible. So, so with She Roars, you have one coming up in 26 days, I saw. Uh, is that just the conference? I So She Roars has a couple different like things going on. Uh, the conference is in December, uh, December 7th in New York City. And then um, I have a training program called the She Roars Business Intensive, which is an eight-week eight group training program that starts in mid-September. Um, and that's the main uh, intro sort of core training to getting starting building your business with God. So it's everything from, you know, branding to understanding your market to even sort of defining and refining what your offerings and services should be. So you can really connect with your, you know, perfect customers. So, um, that's one of the things that I'm super excited to be launching soon. Um, I have tons of new material that I'm adding all the time to that and bonuses and stuff, which I'm excited to surprise my girls with. So, so yeah, that's coming up in September. Mm -hmm. And I, and I want to get more into, like, I was looking through some of the core values of She Roars and I want to go into that on a deeper level, but, um, just kind of tell me how did She Roars come about? Like how, how long have you been doing it? Where did the inspiration start? And, and how has it developed? Like, where did it start? And then obviously now we know you have all these training modules as lo- along with like conferences, but where, right. where did it start and, and how and why? <laughs> yeah. So I would say it, un- unbeknownst to me, it probably started way back when I started my own branding firm, uh, back in, gosh, what was that? 2011. Um, I, really felt from the Lord that he wanted to show me how to do business with him. And he kept 
like encouraging me that I don't need to go back to school. I don't need to go get an MBA. I don't need to, you know, do X, Y, Z, which is so strange for me, right? Like I went to college. I love learning. I love school. Um, so to hear him be like, no, we're going to do this together. We're going to do it differently. I'm going to create a roadmap for you because I'm going to help you show other people how to do the same. And so at, at some point in my journey, I sort of knew that running, running a business was not about the business, if that makes sense. Like I always knew it was a means to an end for me, that there was something more that God wanted to do with my journey of learning how to get clients and market and do all that stuff. Um, and even the skill set of learning how to build a website and learning how to uh, design logos, like all of that is self-taught for me. And so I always had this sort of like back of mind sense that like, this is this business is a part of a big picture that I don't even know the big picture yet, but uh, I know it's a stepping stone to something that God is going to do in and through me. And so, um, you know, I always enjoyed running my business. Of course, um, I my favorite part is meeting and getting to brainstorm and grow with clients. But um, I, you know, within the last three or four years, I've had several Christian women who are starting businesses really just start asking me for help on things and asking for me to do one-on-one coaching with them. And so, you know, just the nature of one-on-one coaching can be very time consuming and very, um, you know, like you sort of are teaching the same thing just at a one-on-one level. So I really felt like the Lord said, okay, build a, build a platform that you can connect with more people in a more affordable way in a more, you know, community oriented way. I think, I think community is probably the, my favorite part of She Roars mm-hmm. is just this, um, just this like, having a crew of girls who are full on cheering you on is priceless. Like I didn't have any of that, you know, I didn't have any of that when I started my business and not to mention nobody was talking about doing business with God 10 years ago. I mean, they weren't, it was, I guess, nine years ago. I mean, this was not a thing. Like I searched high and low for someone to show me how to do this or what that even meant. Um, and there was nothing. So, so literally the first three years or so of building my business, God had me read scripture to learn about business and learn about marketing and learn about um, how he does business and how I can do it with him. And so literally everything I've done in business, no matter if I've paid someone else to teach me something or learned a technique or whatever it is, all of it has been filtered through the finished work of the cross, like filtered through, is this how Jesus does things like, and, and not even filtered through that, but, but an open conversation with the Lord, like, Lord, what do you think about this idea? Or, you know, is there a way we can do this differently or better? Right. It's, it's that relationship aspect of doing life and business with God. So so that's where it started. And it's, and it's been such a joy to watch people come alive to what God has given them to do. Right. It's one of the main things I teach people is people get so afraid of the desires of their heart, but that what they don't realize is Jesus came to give you a new heart that loves to delight in what God is doing and loves to follow him. And so, you know, scripture says the, the desires of our heart are from him, right? They're trees of life. And so Um, you know, if we pursue that stuff, that's actually the avenue through which he builds his kingdom is actually using the desires he gives us to go for stuff and to build stuff and do stuff with him. So, 
Yeah. And that's honestly another reason that I wanted to chat with you about this is kind of what we're doing with this podcast is to create a platform. Um, it's a little bit, the demographic I think is a little bit different because mm-hmm. we're not just female oriented because if you mm-hmm. now, maybe nine years ago, there was nothing, but now there's literally like girl boss and all of these like, full sure. which I love. I think they're great. Sure. But there are women talking to women about businesses and how to grow your business. And I'm a yeah. believer in I personally, my, my thrive is to build something that doesn't require me every day. Maybe it requires me once a week um, or whatever, but that looks different for everyone. My goal is to help people pursue passions, learn how to delegate the things they're not good at and be okay delegating because that's a whole nother thing. And then just being inspired by people who are doing their thing and just getting the gold from like, like what you're already talking about. And so I guess my question is, it for someone like me who's just getting started, I have no idea what I'm doing yet. <laughs> what yeah. would you say is like you were talking about like foundational yeah. biblical business, um, but like just building a brand, developing and de- defining who my people are, and then what's your take on like building that niche and what you would be praying into or like seeking out if this was yeah. your thing? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the best way to do all this is get in your prayer closet and ask God to show you your future. Um, that was one of the greatest gifts the Lord gave me on my 30th birthday. I asked him to show me my future. And this was one of the coolest visions I've ever had. I saw, um, these TV, like imagine a room full of TVs and they were kind of like floating TVs. And on each one of them, I saw um, these cool things that the Lord had ordained for me to do in my life, right? Like, like you know, speaking and, you know, mentoring people and all that kind of stuff that makes me come alive. And, um, you know, I'm looking through all those and I'm a little excited about them. Like, but, but I'm, as I'm walking through this room filled with TVs, I keep looking at the TVs and I'm like, okay, this one's not it. Like, this one's not it. This one's not it. This one's not it. And so I start getting a little frantic in this vision where I'm like, where's the thing I'm searching for? Where is the thing? You know, none of these, none of these, you know, videos on the screen are what I really want. And so I'm starting to run through this room to the end and I see this light at the end of the tunnel. And then finally, as I see the light just overwhelm all of these TVs, it was like, I was at peace. It was like, this is what I was searching for the whole time. Like, this is what I always wanted. And so, um, the, the point of that story is, you know, it was amazing to get to see what was on those TVs, um, because they really, they, they just encouraged me that like, I'm on the right path. I'm, I'm going the right direction. All of this stuff is amazing. And God has this for me. Um, but of course he's the, he's the final destination, but, um, the thing about looking at those TVs and getting to see what God has for your future, um, you can work backwards, right? You can, you can start to say, okay, God, if this is something I'm called to, right? Like, let's say, Brooke, you're called to do more public speaking. Well, what are you doing to line up with that? You know, like, are you, are you getting public speaking training, right? Are you learning how to create a great presentation? right? What are the things that are required to walk this out? I mean, it's, it's actually amazing to me how few Christians actually think about structuring their life in a way that actually pursues the desires of their heart. 
Um, because you would never look at a doctor and be like, gosh, how'd you become a doctor? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like you just became you one. <laughs> like who, who gave you, like, who gave you that permission to be a doctor? Right. It's like, no, no, they actually had the desire of their heart and they executed on the process to get there. Right. And so, um, that would be my advice is like, okay, what is your, what is your end goal? Right. What is your end game here? And what are you doing to execute it? Like even like say for this podcast, right? Um, are you are you going to events to meet, you know, speakers that you want to invite personally to the podcast, right? I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned um, in my journey as a Christian and just as a person in general, like events and meeting people toe to toe um, is incredibly powerful. Like we can't get so lost on you know, online and digital. Now, don't get me wrong. I have tons of friends that I met online years before we met in real life. Um, but we did meet in real life. And so that's good too. (laughs) But, but truly, you know, getting out there and doing the, um, doing the work to meet with people and have build relationship and connect with people because you want to serve them and love them. I mean, that's absolutely the fastest track to, um, building anything, you know, is, what's in your heart to do, execute it from the end to the beginning, and then meet with people who you love. Yeah. And I have a secondary question on that. I think that's brilliant. What you just said about networking, because I was just talking with a friend last night about this. And I want to hear your take on it. Social media, which I know you love. Um, I mm-hmm. love social media, but mm-hmm. we were talking last night about how the followers count, right? We meet someone, we don't really know who they are, or we hear of someone. We look them up on Instagram and we immediately size them up based on their followers. Like we just all do it. You know, it's just human nature. And, but we were talking last night, how it's smoke and mirrors sometimes because you might have, you know, 30,000 followers, but half of the time, not always, those people are either bought followers. So when you go down through the likes and comments, anyway, you get what I'm saying, but in your opinion, I want to know, well, in your opinion, what do you feel about that? And then B, what do you think about building a community? Because that's something I want to do with this podcast as well. Build a community um, where people can interact. And there's a difference between building followers and building a community. So I want to kind of hear your take on that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I think that that is the greatest um, need for maturity probably in the world is to realize that you aren't who your follower list is and, and even you aren't who your engagement engagement is, right? Like there is, there is a difference between on social media, right? Where you have a ton of followers versus a ton of engagement, right? That, that's a huge margin of what's real and not real, right? Like, are you actually influencing people or do you just have a number? Right. Um, and what's amazing about even parsing through that is when you are building a community, it's all up to like your community is only going to go as far as the leadership is capable. Right. So the, I think for me, one of my biggest prayers these days is God build in me the kingdom that can steward every single person that you've entrusted to me. Um, and I, I forget what I was watching. I really love um, kind of old school, not old movies, but movies about like Queen Elizabeth era and 
all those sorts of things. Cause I always watch them to learn like how do Kings and Queens behave. And one of the most amazing revelations I had was, you know, in your world, you are responsible for stewarding people as a king would steward their their subjects, if you will. I mean, people aren't your subjects, you know, but <laughs> if you actually, you know, if you like a servant it. leader looks like they actually care and steward the people that are entrusted inside their kingdom. And so, you know, we are called to rule and reign with Jesus. And so if you are walking in leadership or servant leadership, which is even better, um, you actually think about people that way. You actually think about, um, man, what can I do to make their life different or better or more, you know, more in alignment with God. And so I think that that's my, um, stance on building a community is, especially as the leader of a community, you know, building you first, the thing that you want to build in other people. Cause I think, uh, uh, people are limited by their leader, you know, for the most part, we can look through history and see that that's true. And so that would be, um, my, my recommendation would just be like, man, get with the Lord and, and say, okay, God, what do, what do we need to do to make me the leader who can carry people, you know, who can steward people well, um, and build relationships. But it's based on that servanthood, which I think is brilliant because a lot of the people I follow that I, I'm influenced by, I yeah. find they're, you know, they're reaching out, Hey, what do you guys want to learn about? Or what, what are you having questions on? And then people interacting, it's all question-based and questions require answer and therefore they require engagement. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think what you said is, yeah, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. And when it comes down to the vision casting, I I'm a huge proponent in if not that like it's all about works, but if you want something, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go get your doctorate. And so I think our generation or, or like the millennial age group, they tend to think, you know, if I just self-affirmation and speak things into existence, it'll all just right. happen for me. <laughs> and I think that's funny because I just think yeah. it's ridiculous. I, I love yeah. the hope and the optimism. I'm, sure. I'm just scared that people are going to end up in the middle age, like crisis, wondering why yeah. life didn't why happen for them. Happen. So exactly. vision casting, give us some yeah. like practical, like we talked about praying it through and like seeing our future, but practical, like, okay, I know like point in case I have a podcast. I know I want to influence people. I want to help people build their thing similar to kind of what you're doing sl slightly different, but similar what would you say like okay let's write this down let's like what would be those three main things for vision casting well i think um you know the scripture talks about you know old men will dream dreams and i think it i i mixed up the order but it says um young men will have vision and old men will dream dreams you know that scripture yeah. Yeah. So what's fascinating about that is I, it's, it's quite an interesting proposition, right? That young men would have vision and old men would dream dreams because I think typically in the world, it's the opposite. Right. Young, young people have dreams and, and older people 
have vision and or young people are stuck in having dreams and no vision, which I would consider vision to be um, the understanding of what it takes to execute a dream. Right. So a young person often has all these dreams, all of them. Right. And they have no problem dreaming. Of course, this is precluding that they've had no childhood trauma or whatever stuff that can just block dreaming in general. But um, young people don't yet have that sort of bitterness of heart that comes from dreaming without it coming to pass um, that old older people can have. Right. Where they get to be old and they don't know how to dream anymore because they've never seen it come to pass. Right. Or because vision, you know, they didn't execute vision with the Lord. And so it bogged them down and, and just oppressed them. Right. So I think what's interesting about that scripture is that young people will have vision, which is so incredibly important because actually having the understanding of what is required to execute a dream is huge. I mean, I was just talking to a friend yesterday about how, you know, it sounds so fun and easy to like dream about stuff, right? Like dream about leading something or dream about starting something or dream about blah, blah, blah. You can have all the dreams in the world, but until you actually see what's required to step into that, like it means nothing, right? So vision for me is, um, first of all, understanding what is actually required uh, to get to the destination that you want to go or to lead the people that you want to lead or build the thing you want to build. Um, and then, you know, I, I think every vision requires like a holy divine revelation on something, to be honest with you. I think, you know, I've seen people who try to carry out vision that they've sort of man-made and created themselves, and it really doesn't have the same power as one that is ordained and given by the Lord. And so, you know, of course, I'm like a broken record when I say, you know, get with the Lord and see what he says. I need a t-shirt that says, <laughs> I'm like, seriously, it's like, so that's my saying. branding advice for you. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ask God. Um, so, so with vision, I think if you can get really clear too on the problem that you're solving. Okay. So you know, for example, the vision for She Roars is essentially, I have come in contact with so many women because I've been a pastor and a minister and I do inner healing sessions and coach people and that sort of stuff, mentor people. And it is like, I keep hearing the same story of, of people believing they're unqualified, of believing they're incapable, of believing things are too hard, right? All like the lies are all the same. And what's fascinating is the reason I like serving women is because the lies are different than men. Men don't have the same lies that women do. It's a very fascinating thing to see. Um, like men don't don't ever have imposter syndrome. I mean, some maybe do, but um, I was just listening to an interview about how men don't worry about um, whether or not they're really good enough. They do it anyway, and they fail, and they're okay with that, right? You know, not always, but just sort of a general consensus. Um, so this is fascinating because this is a crippling lie for so many women. And so part of the, the She Roars movement is really behind God is raising up women to be incredible leaders in the marketplace and in church. And so 
the, the, the download from the Lord was, I need you to equip my women because I'm bringing a movement into the church. That's going to bring a radical revolution and bring more people into the kingdom. Like there are thousands and millions of women who are waiting for the church to come alive to the, to the proper role and anointing of women. And so that's, that's the God ordained vision of she wars. It very much comes from prophetic insight into what God is doing that I'm sort of catching, you know, uh, catching a hold of and like saying yes to the Lord to execute, you know, his kingdom strategy and how he wants to do this. And so, um, that would be the other side of it is, you know, the best visions come from heaven. (laughs) And so, um, it's, I find it super easy to share vision when you actually have like firm foundation that it came from heaven. Right. And you've got this, you have this conviction behind it because mm-hmm. you know, it's not just something you created. That's and right. I think that's so that that's where it, it separates you from other people. And Absolutely. with the vision casting, because you go back to vision is the ability to execute and define it. So you kind of, do you, did you just kind of write out like, okay, I feel like I'm going to do public speaking. So I'm going to start taking classes. Like you referred to, I'm going to, my audience is on Facebook and Instagram. So I'm going to put like, what did that look like? Sure. Well, I think we're getting, that's really more into the execution or the tactics really of connecting with your community. Um, And so for me, I'm a pretty firm believer that um, I don't want to be all things to all people, right? So even with the practical side of marketing or the practical side of connecting with your audience, like um, I don't, I don't like Twitter. I am not on Twitter. I've never been on Twitter. Like I will never do it. Like anybody on the planet could be like, you know, Twitter's a place to be. And I'm like, don't care. You know? So I also don't, really like writing blogs. So instead I write mini blogs on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just found a way to sort of make, um, make the story that goes along with the movement, um, fit so I can not only share it with people. I mean, it's one of my favorite things. I get this all the time that people are like, I don't really pay attention to Instagram or Facebook too much, but I read every single one of your posts. And Mm -hmm. so what I have been intentional to do is I, I don't worry about populating it regularly. Like I would rather be memorable when I do something than consistent. Like I know that sort of bulks at all of the social media (laughs) strategy and all that. But the fact is that I, I would rather know that I am giving so much value that people, you know, mark on my, you know, mark on my posts, like first to read or send me notifications, right? Um, That's the sort of raving fan, if you will, or raving community member that you want. Somebody who knows, likes, and trusts you because of what you've communicated to them or how you've loved them in a certain way. Um, so that's the biggest thing I think too, with community is, um, are you, are you, are you really supporting them in solving their problems? I mean, that is ultimately the biggest goal of every single business ministry, 
whatever, you have to find the problem and become the solution no matter what it takes. Yes, I love that. And I kind of, I have another, I feel like we haven't talked about it yet, but Kalel being the amazing man he is, and I know marriage for you, it's like, she roars and then marriage. I feel like those are your two <laughs> big like passions. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I feel like we haven't been able we haven't been able to really dive into that. So, you know, I'm married. I know how having Cam, I mean, he's been super supportive. He's the one that set this whole thing up, thank God. <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing. And he yeah. he's the one that, you know, he has these different strengths that have grown me, but down to every day to day running a business and then being able to, I'm very driven. And so it's hard for me sometimes to walk away from task oriented things to build relationship or to focus on that or to put that above task. I don't know if that's something you struggle with at all, but just on a day to day, like how do you prioritize marriage and what do you feel like you do differently that you see people maybe don't that they don't do? Um, just like it could be anything, honestly. Yeah. Go with yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem. I probably had the opposite problem. Like I so enjoy marriage way more than anything else I do. Um, so, so work in that sort of thing doesn't, doesn't really, it just doesn't get a priority in any way. I mean, it's not, you know, family is obviously the most important thing to God. And, and, you know, someone told me years ago, they said, my marriage is the greatest accomplishment of my life. And that hit me like a knife in my heart. It was like, like in the best way. It was like that sentence like got tattooed onto my heart because it, because I knew that it was true. It's like, that needs to be true for every single Christian on the planet. Like your marriage should be the greatest accomplishment of your life. Like you should be able to look back and say every single day, I pursued marriage above all else. And so, because that's, that's Jesus, right? That is, yeah. you know, your marriage should look like Jesus and it should look like union. And so our marriage to other people is the greatest preaching of the gospel in my personal opinion. And so, um, I, I'm not entirely sure how, you know, Chloe and I have been talking about this a bit more recently because we're trying to sort of deconstruct, like, but why is our marriage like literally the greatest? Like I go to bed and every day I'm like, well, I can't believe I get to be married to you. Like, I can't believe this is real. And we say it to each other all the time. It's just like, pinch me. This can't like, it really can't be this good. Right. Like (laughs) I don't understand. And so, um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about yesterday is the reason, one of the reasons, I think there's a sort of perfect storm to creating a really great marriage, but um, one, of course, being knowing all your needs get met by God first. Um, The second one being do the work to get the inner healing that you need so that you don't have any triggers or insecurities or offenses. Um, And then the third, you know, Kalel is amazing. I mean, he's literally like the closest person to look like Jesus that I've probably ever met. Like him and Mother Teresa, I think they're just right up there. <laughs> <laughs> but I I was I overheard him saying to somebody the other day about how he used to lead prayer and help lead prayer and worship at this very small church. Like we're not talking, yeah. you know, a mega church. Like family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a tiny, you know 
everybody's over the age of 65, like not just, just not what you would think of like, you know, hip sort of vibey kind of church. Right. It's like, but he led worship and morning prayer for like two years, every weekday from 6am to 8am. Like, have you ever heard of anyone (laughs) being that faithful to anything? I mean, other than like their own children, I don't think so. Right. Um, and so I was just thinking about like, he demonstrated servanthood in his life well before we met, like he had a heart posture of servanthood. And so did I, I mean, I, I don't hold a candle to him, but you know, even just like looking back at my journey with the Lord, I mean, I can think of the thousands and thousands, thousands of hours that I've given for free to do different work projects or to minister what, you know, not, I'm not trying to get credit for any of that, but it's, it is a heart position of like, I'm here to serve. Like I'm straight up. That's what I'm, that's what I'm assigned as a Christian. It's the calling on my life is to serve people the way that Jesus does. And so I think what's amazing about that is I do, I feel like our millennial generation has gotten a little overzealous with the self-love movement. Now I'm a big fan of knowing that you're loved by God. Like that is firm foundation that I will preach till the day I die. Um, But I do think there is a difference between, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. So love yourself versus self-love. They feel different to me. And so, um, what it feels like is we've stepped into, I don't know, fan, like, what's the word? Like celebrating. Yeah. Just like celebrating boundaries that actually keep you from the heart of God. I don't know any other nice way of saying that, but, um, and now I do believe in boundaries. So don't get me wrong. I don't think you should let people abuse you or take advantage of you. But I also feel like I see people demanding honor or demanding all different things that like, you don't actually have a right to like, as a Christian, like you gave up your life. Um, And so I feel like that's one of the, you know, ingredients to the perfect storm of like how amazing I know marriage is, um, is we both entered it with like, Hey, I, I want to get married because I want somebody to lay my life down for. I didn't get married to get somebody to love me. I was already loved. So I signed up for this for your benefit. Like, <laughs> I, like I want to love you. You know what I mean? Like, I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel served. I want you to feel honored. Like if I get it in return, awesome. But I didn't actually sign up for that. That's not why I got into this. For anyone listening to this, that it's like, oh my gosh, their life sounds perfect. He must be like perfect. There must, there must be nothing wrong. I just want to like, and if you want me to edit this out later, I will. But I mean, Kalel, when you guys first got together, I was still living in the apartment. Mm -hmm. He, he didn't feel well a lot. And I, I walked through that with Cameron and I know that that is not easy. So like, I mean, with the whole limes and and having to walk that out it's not like you're like in this fantasy world where nothing ever was wrong 
I just feel like people need to hear that. (laughs) So, so what's fascinating is there is a difference between external circumstances threatening you and actually having threats from inside a relationship. So, you know, what I, I would call Lyme, like, like any sort of sickness or any sort of thing you're walking through, like external stuff happens, but like inside marriage should be this super safe, like, like super connected place. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, I was, I was talking with Kalel. well, actually on our fifth year anniversary, I was just thinking to myself, like, God, how many days would you like, how many days have we ever spent or like hours total? Have we spent actually being disconnected? Like, you know, that feeling where like, you're not okay. And like, things are not okay. And you're like, you, you don't want to be around them, but you also know you want to be around them. Um, And so I was thinking about it and I landed on five days, like five whole, so like 180 hours in five years, that's one day a year of disconnection. And, you know, of course it wasn't just one day. It was like, yeah, we had, I like remembered one time where it was like three hours and one time where it was like one hour or one time it was 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, because that's one of the things we are so intentional about is we stay connected, like disconnection never wins in our home. Um, and so that's what I would say, even with things not being like perfect, if you will, it's like, yeah, there is external stuff, but 99.999% of the time we are like, a hundred percent for each other. Like we are on each other's team. We are for each other. Even in disagreements, we honor each other. We've never raised our voice. We've never spoken, you know, any type of ill word over each other. I mean, I don't even think ill words over him, right? It's like, I treasure him as the gift from God that he is. So I could, I couldn't even imagine, um, you know, saying anything towards him that God wouldn't say about him. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so walking through even, you know, sickness and hard stuff. I mean, listen, we went through a super hard season last year um, where we really had to step away from some work that we were doing with some people that we no longer felt like um, God wanted us to be a part of sort of what we were doing. And so, man, that was awful. That was so hard. Um, And I... I can look back and see like how much I grew and learned from it. hundred percent. No, it was not God's will that we had to walk through all that crazy, but, um, man, the relationship was firm foundation. It was a safe place, even in the midst of hard stuff happening. And so, you know, that that's my soapbox when it comes to marriage is like, listen, if your marriage is not like working out great right now, that's okay. Like, like you can, it, it, that's not your destiny, right? Like that's not the final story. The story's not over. Um, there's still room to get inner healing. There's still time to get free from stuff that's causing you to feel insecure or causing you to lash out or whatever. Um, you know, there, it's not too late to have a marriage that looks and feels like Jesus. Right. Um, and so that's, that's one of my biggest hopes in sharing my testimony of how much I love marriage and, and enjoy marriage is I, I just know it's possible. Like it's possible for every <laughs> <Living> single. <it. laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm my favorite testimony, to be honest with you, when it comes to marriage, because it is truly my favorite thing on the planet. Like marriage is my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. But I learned about marriage because I learned how to be married to Jesus. You know, I learned how to do life and enjoy him and delight in him, you know? Yeah. And that it, I mean, what you just said, I feel like we could like mic drop and like podcast over. (laughs) I don't need another one. Like this is it. Episode one and done. But I I, honestly, because I mean, it's just like for my own life, it makes me want to go like, like, yeah, get more inner healing and, and just like pursue what you're talking about on a deeper level. Not to say my marriage is falling apart, but I feel like we all have so much that we can grow in and connection. Literally everything you've said, you're like, it literally comes back. Connection with God, connection with people. Like that's, that's the preface of everything. And I feel like, (laughs) I feel like we're good. Like, I feel like I have a lot to walk away with. I'm going to listen through this and like write notes and look back on what I'm doing and how I can grow. But I guess now is just the time. I want you to be able to like shamelessly plug She Roars and what you do with Polis and yeah, yeah, like how we can find you. Totally. Yeah. And I'm just going to caveat one more thing because I feel like it it bears um, adding. The, The most important thing in your life, like in every single person's life, is actually knowing with every cell of their body that they are perfectly, completely, like delightfully loved by God. Like he actually delights in loving his kids. And so having that steadfast truth that like, it's, I mean, it's literally nothing can shake that truth. When you know who you are, when you know that you are loved, even on your worst day, it actually makes you not have worse days anymore. Um, it actually causes you to love radically and, you know, really like lay your life down. And so that's, that is truly the biggest, um, success point. I I joke, I jokingly say that I'm the most selfish Christian I've ever met because I am, I pray for myself before I pray for other people. Um, because I know, and, and the prayer is simple, right? It's, God, show me how wide and deep and high your love is. It comes from Ephesians 3, and it's a prayer that Paul prays about us knowing the love of God that surpasses understanding because he's trying to get us to understand God's love is not head knowledge. It is experiential, right? We know that God's love doesn't have a height and length and width, but he does want us to be able to step into it as if we are in in a room, you know? And so... That is the 100% most important part of doing life and business and marriage with God is, man, I am, I am so incredibly selfish with being the best receiver of his love that I've ever met. Because if I'm not, um, I surely can't give much of that away. And I surely will start to do religious works or, you know, get hung up on trying to earn his love or earn other people's love or seek addictions to feed, you know, feed the thing that I'm feeling like I'm lacking from him. Right. Um, so love is truly the answer to everything, but only his perfect love is the love that will, that will do it for you. So, um, so 
All that to say, actually, on carlapratico.com, I have what I call the daily bliss. And that is a tool that God gave me many years ago on how to start your day and start your life um, with God. So it's really just a series of questions you can ask the Lord and he will answer them um, every day. And one of them is, God, show me how high and deep and wide your love is for me. And so um, they're all biblically based questions um, and they have been a big key to maturing in the Lord, to understanding his love, to connecting with him in a way that, you know, it's not just about sitting down and reading your Bible like that, that that isn't a relationship with God. You actually have to commune with him. You actually have to hear his voice. You have to actually delight in his presence, um, as building a relationship, right? It's just like, if you had a husband, um, you wouldn't just read a book about them, right? (laughs) That we wouldn't consider that a marriage. Um, and so I, I always encourage people like, you know, of course I love the word. I'm, I am a studier of the word. I read it every day. It's my favorite thing. I'm a teacher of the word. Um, but more importantly, um, you know, it's the kingdom of heaven is in power, you know, and so power comes from communion with him. So you can get that on my website on carlopratico.com. You can also check out, uh, I actually, I, I don't know when this will go live, but I have a couple of websites for different things that I'm up to. One is buildwithgod.com. Um, that's a free training that I'm doing this week, but it will probably stay live on that website for a while. Um, and then I have another website called, um, sheroarsmastermind.com. And that is a membership program that's launching in 2020. That is basically the long journey of building a business with God. So it's the ongoing resources that anybody would need to build a ministry or a business or a nonprofit with God at the center. And it includes prophetic training. It includes, um, you know, all the, you know, intense marketing stuff that's, that's, you know, all filtered through integrity and character and no slimy, no, no, none of that. So, um, I have done the hard work over the last, I don't know how many years, nine years of building a business with God to filter through the world, (laughs) the world's version of business. And so that was one of the things that I really wanted to share with the world is like, Hey, we don't have to do it. We don't have to do it like the world. We can do it like Jesus. So I love that. Well, I, I'm so encouraged. Thank you so much. And, uh, I'm going to go to all these websites and I definitely need to come to a she roars something um, in New York. December. Yes. Okay. December. Give us the dates, times, location. December 7th. And it is in downtown Manhattan. Um, and that is a Saturday. It's a full day. So yeah, I would love to have you. Um, and I will even give you, Brooke, a um, 10% off code for your listeners. Love it. Um, yeah, I'll call it Brooke 10. Love it. Okay, everyone, we heard that. Brooke 10, sign up. Brooke Go to SheRoarsMastermind.com. No, SheRoars she Conference. That's oh, the I'm conference sorry. ticket. That's okay. That's just the ticket site for the conference in December. Perfect. Understood. Okay. Well, I'm going to cut you loose. Thank you again a million times over. And uh, 